Hello my beautiful human beings, my name is B, and this is I'm 1 in 10, a podcast about living life with endometriosis. So today I thought we should get into my story a little bit, just to let you guys know where I come in in all of this. So I just wanted to start this off with saying thank you for listening. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram as I'm 1 in 10. I'd love to hear from all of you, so if you do feel like you want to reach out and get your story told, you're more than welcome to message me. So as I said before, my name is B. I am 26 years old and I live in Queensland, Australia, Brisbane. I was diagnosed with stage 4 endometriosis roughly around two years ago now. I've had two surgeries since. I was actually diagnosed through a surgery that had nothing to do with endometriosis. I had no clue I had it. So to start off my story with what I went through, I'll go all the way back to my first period. When I was in high school, I had painful periods but I always believed it was something normal. I did feel crampy and I got quite sick and bloating and all that but nothing severe or anything out of the ordinary as to what I believed was normal. I was probably 21 when I first started going to see a doctor and asking them why my pain is so severe and by three doctors and a gynecologist it was dismissed as just bad PMS and this is what happens sometimes. Some women go through this so I didn't look into it much more after that. It just became a normal part of my life and I tracked my period and I knew when it was happening and I just moved on with my life. It wasn't until March 2017 I believe when I was going to work one morning and I could feel some pain in my lower back and I didn't know what it was but it felt like I was getting my period and I just finished my period so I was a bit confused and to be honest I thought maybe I was a little bit constipated. I didn't didn't know where the pain was coming from and I had no reason for it. And as I was driving to work, the pain increased and just kept increasing by the minute. I got to work and I remember even joking with my boss that I was going to die that day because this pain had just started to slowly become more and more severe. I was actually training a girl that day and we went down to the kennels. As I said earlier, I work with animals, so we were down at the boarding kennels, and it's about, I'd say, an acre from the office, or just under an acre from the office. I went down to the kennels. I was showing her what to do. We were filling up the dog's water, and the pain just got to the point that I could not handle it anymore. I I felt like I couldn't stand up. I just had to clench my side, and I didn't know what was going on. So I decided to tell her to stay there and I need to go get help and I was walking up to my boss and got to the point that I had to crawl into the office and I just asked her to get me an ambulance and something was really wrong. So she got the other girl to take me to a hospital. When we got to this hospital, neither of us are from the area that we worked in so we didn't know where we were going and we went to a hospital that used to be a hospital but now it's just a doctor's office. So luckily they do walk-ins and they tested me for a UTI straight away, came back all negative and then made me go sit back in the waiting room and the pain 
I, I just can't explain the pain that I was going through. It was horrendous. I had never experienced anything like it before and it was crippling. I was bawling my eyes out in this doctor's office and, and I didn't know what was happening or what was going on and a lot of the doctors were scared that it was my appendix exploding so they were trying to treat me for that so they didn't give me any painkillers because they thought I'd have to be rushed into surgery. They called an ambulance to come pick me up from the doctor's office and take me to the hospital. They ended up taking me to a hospital that was like 30 to 40 minutes away from my house because of the area we were in and I got there and I waited and waited and waited in pain. They didn't give me any painkillers for roughly eight hours because they thought I would have to go into surgery and it wasn't until they gave me an ultrasound that they told me my appendix is completely fine but they found a cyst on my left ovary. From that point they wanted me to go into surgery but I was in shock and a little bit scared, didn't know what was going on and I refused surgery and went home which now looking back was so naive. I went home and that night once the painkillers wore off I was in severe pain again so we went back to another hospital that was closer to us and I stayed there with my partner. They ended up doing a internal ultrasound as well as a normal ultrasound and they found that I had a 7 by 6 centimeter cyst on my right ovary and I was so confused because I'd just been told it was my left. All the pain was coming from my right side so it made more sense and I thought the hospital had just mixed things up. So they were telling me that it's probably moved and you'll have to have surgery for it because we're not sure what type of cyst it is. Um, they gave me a few ideas of what I'd be getting myself into and they booked me in for a surgery around two months after that happened. I took about 48 hours for the pain to calm down. It was still random stabbing pains but nothing too serious or nothing like what I was experiencing. I ended up having my surgery and they did keyhole as well as the little c-section area where they had to bring the cyst out of and during that surgery is when they diagnosed me with stage 4 endometriosis. So <laughs> I had woken up and I was in shock. I was sore, drugged up and didn't know what endometriosis was. I'm not sure I even knew how to say it or spell it but they told me that I should go and see my normal GP uh, to sort out a plan with her um, as to what to do about the endometriosis. At the time I didn't even have a general GP. I was very against doctors and well not against doctors but I just didn't believe in western medicine. Whenever I was sick or something was wrong I'd turn to herbal medicine and that's how I was living my life. After this surgery I actually started to deal with daily pain. It hurts for me still to this day um, to relieve my bladder, my bowels, if I eat certain foods and it took a long time to find a doctor that would listen to me. So it wasn't until the end of last year when I found a doctor that wasn't just going to throw me on the pill or any other birth control and she tried to help me out. I felt like for the first time someone was listening to me and I know that that's a very rare occasion when it comes to endometriosis. I just remember breaking down in her office because I couldn't believe I had found a doctor that was taking all these steps to try and make me feel better. She worried about my mental health. She was worried about my pain. She understood that I worked full time so I couldn't be on heavy drugs that were knocking me out 
to deal with the pain because I had to go to work and my job is so physical I couldn't just be a zombie the whole time so I was really relieved when I found her and it helped a lot um, with my mental health to have a doctor that was willing to listen to me. She also put me on a weight loss program because before my surgery I had actually lost 50 kilos or just over 50 kilos actually and then after my surgery because of the daily pain I couldn't find the strength or motivation to continue to go to the gym. I was binge eating. I relied heavily on food to comfort myself and deal with the traumatic experience that I had gone through and she helped me find a PT. She's just absolutely amazing and I honestly can't thank her enough for everything she's done for me. Within the first three times of seeing her, she had booked me in for an MRI ultrasound, trying to get me on board to go see a gynecologist to be booked in for a surgery and everything was just, I felt like the ball was rolling, finally. <laughs> And then I had an ultrasound. This was an internal ultrasound and previously I had two already and not one of <laughs> those ultrasounds had come back or the doctors hadn't told me that they believe my uterus was an incorrect shape. I was told on this third ultrasound that I may have a bicorneous, I believe it's pronounced, or septate uterus. They weren't sure if it was endometriosis growing inside of my uterus that is causing it to drop down at the top or if I was born like this. I have then since had a MRI to see what the shape of my uterus is but I haven't gotten my results yet so I'm looking forward to that. I was warned with having the shape of the uterus I have from what they can see on the ultrasound um, that I should immediately not try and get pregnant. Um, they were worried about me having an atopic, atopic, <laughs> topic, atopic <laughs> pregnancy as well as not being able to hold a baby full term because there wouldn't be enough room in my uterus and... If I'm honest, this completely broke me. I felt like, why me? Why do I have to have an ovary removed, my tubes removed, all on the right side, leaving me with one very brave functioning ovary that is working well and my tube isn't blocked, but I didn't know that at the time and I couldn't believe that not only did I have stage 4 endometriosis, I was then going to have to deal with the fact that my uterus might not be the right shape to hold a baby for the family I've always wanted and this is when they started talking IVF to me and it it just got a bit much because <laughs> I just didn't ever see myself not being able to have a baby and if I'm honest it broke my heart. I was listening to a podcast once and it was other women's infertility stories and I remember hearing this quote I feel like it's the first time someone understood the exact pain and mental struggle I was going through and it was my heart is heavy but my arms are empty. It, it just I was at work and I was cleaning out the dog kennels and I just remember losing it and just bawling my eyes out because the way that this lady explained it just it got me and that's exactly how I felt because if all of this wasn't going on I feel as though I wouldn't feel rushed to have a kid and I wouldn't feel as though having a child has been taken away from me. I'm still waiting on my results for everything I find out in a week or so so this is all 
new and happening now. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll have to give you guys an update later on and let you guys know how that's all playing out. So fingers crossed my uterus is a lovely shape. I actually remember calling my mom and telling her the shape of my uterus and what they think it is. The doctor had described it to me as a love heart shape and my mom was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> and it just put a smile on my face and I thought, you know what, like if it is a love heart shape, as long as it doesn't come down too far that, you know, I don't know, it just, it made me feel better in that moment. So I'm currently seven days out of my second surgery. This is the first surgery I've had to remove endometrial. I was told that I had adhesions from where they removed my first ovary and it was connecting from my bowel to my uterus and my bladder to my uterus which kind of makes sense as to why I've been dealing with all the pain I have. As for right now I'm still recovering. I am still feeling the pain plus more and I'm hoping and praying to the universe that this isn't going to be the rest of my life. I actually found out about two months ago now that endometriosis runs in my family. My nana was diagnosed with it when she was 40 but she didn't have any severe symptoms as well as we believe my great grandma would have had it as well as she struggled with infertility and back then they didn't really do surgeries to find out what was going on and then my cousin has it and I believe my second cousin as well so we're just one big endo family. <laughs> I think endo has changed my life completely. Not only has it thrown me into a community I didn't know existed and a lot of doctor appointments, time off work, invasive procedures like internal ultrasounds and recovering from surgery, dealing with the health system itself and being dismissed from doctors. For a good year and a half I was told that the pain I was feeling after my surgery was just endometriosis and they would have flared it up and no one was listening to me. So it makes sense to me now that I have adhesions and I know it's a common thing with endometriosis let alone having abdominal surgery. I think it's something like 98% of people suffer from adhesions after surgery and scar tissue. I think that endometriosis has affected my mental health at times when it's so normalized and this pain that you're in is something that you just have to deal with on a daily basis it just you feel like you I feel like I've picked the shitty end of the stick you know like it it got to me a bit when it became a fertility issue I considered adoption and foster care and everything like that but I just felt weak and I've had comments left and right of you don't look sick or you still have time to have a kid and I was even told that I was wasting time, wasting the doctor's time because I'm not ready to have a kid so why would I be having these surgeries as well as things like people believing that now that I've had a surgery I'm going to be better or just have a child and it will cure everything. A uh, doctor even recommended a hysterectomy to me, um, which I was quite shocked of because th this is information that was a theory in like the 1960s or the 1980s, somewhere in between there. And it just shocked me that it's still being taught and this is what our doctors are going off of. I actually saw a male gynecologist that specializes in in endometriosis and he told me the worst that could happen is you might have a miscarriage and the way he said it was like he just dismissed every feeling and the distraught repercussions that come with having a miscarriage and that's actually when I wrote my first ever complaint about a doctor 
because he seemed to only care about my sex life. When we were going through the symptoms that I have, I explained to him that during and after sex, I, for hours on end, I'll be in pain. And he laughed and said, oh, well, I'll have to fix that for you. And that's the only thing he really commented on. Everything else was just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wrote a book of a complaint on him. And at that point, I was just so sick of having to advocate for myself when I'm seeing doctors that should be listening to me and taking me serious. But I know that this is something that happens with a lot of women, not only dealing with endometriosis, you've also got PCOS and other physical and chronic illnesses that can't be seen from the outside. And I think that's what makes endometriosis the hardest because you don't have a lump on your head and you're not missing an arm and no one can see the battle scars that you're dealing with or the fact that you're walking around with a TENS machine attached to you (laughs) and I feel like because it's all hidden under your shirt and people don't see what happens to you when you're screaming out in agony on the toilet or laying in bed and you can't move and you've got to somehow try and get up and feed yourself and keep surviving and it just I I think personally myself I believe that like our our bodies just make it through every time every time we're in pain they just deal with it and I'm not trying to dismiss the pain or anything but our body doesn't die but I feel like our mental health deteriorates because just it's it's quality of life you know and that's why I wanted to start this podcast because when I found out I had endometriosis the only thing I could find was a few Facebook groups which now like they help me so much but there was nothing out there that made me feel less alone and I just wanted to create this space where women can come and listen and have their stories told and have a place to vent and have an outlet in a way that we can all feel like we're helping each other by telling our stories and I think it's very therapeutic as well just saying what's happened to you unfiltered not giving a fuck about the repercussions because the people that are listening they get it and they're going through it too and I think that's a big message to put out there because I feel like it can be daunting and it's I feel like endometriosis is a mental illness as well when your mental health goes downhill it's hard to look after yourself and look after the physical pain that you're going through I've had days where I've ended up in emergency and I've decided that I'm never going to go to emergency again because it always ends up with a six plus hour wait. One time was nine hours and I get there and the doctor sits me down in a like closet, like a storage room. And she says that she's a gynecologist and they've um, looked at my file and she looked me dead in the face and said, there's nothing I can do for you. Is that okay? And I just remember thinking, is that a, like, you're the doctor, not me. Like, you're meant to help me and you're meant to help this situation. And just because I'm not vomiting or have a laceration that shows where my physical pain is coming from, you're going to tell me that there's nothing you can do for me. So is that okay? Like, no, it's not okay. And if <laughs> I wasn't such a timid person, I feel like I would have just, I could have punched her in the face. It breaks you down, like your soul when you're consistently seeing these professionals and people that are meant to be helping you and they just don't know what to do. And then if a professional doesn't know what to do, how do you know what to do? So I think sometimes I can let that get to me a bit too much and I get quite upset about it, but I do have an amazing support system. Um, My partner is (laughs) just the best thing that's ever happened to me and they're there for me through 
absolutely everything and cook me meals when I need dinner and I can't get out of bed and it just it makes me feel loved and I know my family's there for me and I've found this amazing support system on Instagram and Facebook so I think that helps and I think all those little things help you know but I'll keep you guys updated I'll let you know how all my results come back I should be finding out next week so that's pretty exciting for me I'm nervous but we'll see how we go from there and I just want to thank you guys for listening again and supporting this podcast I know that it's only a baby right now but hopefully it helps you guys out a little bit and we can spread the awareness You guys can find me on I'm one in 10 on Instagram and Facebook. See the little updates there as well. My cats are attacking me, so it is time to go. But until next time, stay strong.